It's a tale as old as time. You're all sitting around the boardroom table, sipping the last of the water in your glass and staring through the empty communal water jugs as five o'clock turns to half five, which turns to six. You start composing another apology message to your partner in your head so that you can rattle it off quickly as you leave the office, rushing towards the later half of rush hour. You shift uncomfortably in your seat, which has now been beneath you for so many hours that it's become a plaster cast of your own behind. And at six o'clock turns to seven and another page of the flip chart is revealed, there are almost inaudible sighs and groans and you naturally start plotting the quick and painful murder of your colleagues. No, just me then. Now this episode is not about me escaping prison. In fact, I'm very happy to say that now I rarely plan anything other than being home for dinner with my family. But that is because I've learned how to solve business problems. You're listening to the Player Coach Podcast. My name is Andrew Silito, And in this episode, we are going to talk about the secrets you need to solve problems with your team. Welcome to the Player Coach Podcast, the tips on how to grow your business, strengthen your team and increase revenue, all while you work more efficiently and enjoy better work-life balance. You can learn our unique Player Coach system for free by heading over to playercoach.com. Is there anything worse than a meeting that overruns? Poverty? Yes, climate change, almost certainly. The fact that Piers Morgan is back on television, of course. But in terms of business, almost nothing is more damaging to a team's morale than an overrunning meeting that leaves you with less ideas than you came into the world with, let alone the office itself. I promise you, if you keep listening to this podcast, I will give you the player coach tools that will mean this will never happen to you again. I know, you can thank me later. We've all been in those meetings, and if you learn one thing about me in this episode is that I never want to be in those meetings again. And if you learn two things, I hope it is how to avoid being in those meetings too. So let's start with the biggest cause of these overrunning, counterproductive, soul-sapping meetings. The problem is often we don't know what the problem is that we're trying to solve. Now that might sound ridiculous. Of course, you know what you want to solve, right? Well, sadly. Often we don't. And of course, we know there is something that can always work better. But unless we take the time to identify the problem and be specific about it, or get everybody on the same page, get consensus, get everybody seeing it through the same lens, we can find ourselves in a single meeting for longer than you've seen your friends in the past year and still not found out exactly what the meeting is trying to solve. Let me explain. Problem that needs solving is not always obvious and it is often unknown. But it is also very often the source of innovation. When you go to the doctor and tell them that you've got difficulty breathing and your head is spinning, they are unlikely to say, oh yeah, that can happen. It sounds like a panic attack. Take this pill. They will know that the pain and the difficulty you're feeling and facing is a symptom, but not necessarily the root of the problem. A panic attack is your body telling you to stop. An issue with poor results at work means that something needs to be fixed somewhere along the line. Bad results tell you something isn't working. It doesn't always tell you what. If you have something you need to solve, it is important to do some investigating. Often the problem in a business itself 
is as elusive as the baddie at the start of a Scooby-Doo episode. And for those of you that are new to my podcast, yeah, I've got kids. It takes time, patience, and teamwork to find the problem and the baddie in Scooby-Doo. Once you know what the problem is, only then can you set yourself realistic outcomes or goals and over a realistic time period. Answers such as, let's double our profits in the next three months, are not welcome in this situation. Ideas such as, let's check in once a week for 15 minutes with each of our team members to discuss their individual goals, maybe. So let's just summarize what we're trying to achieve here in this first step. Essentially, you're trying to create a beginning and an end. It's like you're getting in your car, you need to have a start point and you need an end point, and then you kind of create the roadmap. And that's essentially what we're going to talk about. The first thing is, what is your current situation? Or what is the single biggest challenge you're experiencing right now, either as a team or you as a business owner leader? And once you know what your beginning point is, you want to ask yourself, what are our desired outcomes? And in what time frame? And I like 90 days. I like to have a 12-month vision or ideally some kind of objective for 12 months. But I also like to say, well, where are we now? What's holding us back? What's getting in the way? What's the problem? And where do we want to be in 90 days? And now you have a beginning and an end. And it's important not to go off track in your meeting. Sometimes we can go off in all different directions. The purpose of this is we know the beginning, we know the end. You've really identified the problem. And that could be the elephant in the room, the thing that people just aren't talking about. You've got to talk about it. The next question you need to ask them once you've got your starting point and your end point is, do you have the resources to achieve the outcome? And usually the answer is yes. Not always. Often there are resources missing and essentially that's what defines a problem. You know, trying to get from A to B and not having the resources. But if you are asking specific questions about people's skills and expertise, you often find that your team have what it takes to execute on the game plan. They just didn't realize it. And to be honest, maybe you didn't either. In the same way that when the minibus you're taking to the staff party breaks down, you realize that Sarah in the office used to be a mechanic and can help. Or when someone is choking in the staff canteen, Eddie works for the St. John's Ambulance. Sometimes a specific problem means you have to find the right person to solve it for you. Asking specific questions can get you the right answers, even when it's your rookie on the team. Somebody can often step up. Once you've confirmed that you have, as you thought, hired a team of absolute legends, you can use the meeting to openly and easily discuss the next steps. This is the time for you to be open, open up the floor, get all the ideas, uh, sit on your hands if you have to, bite your tongue figuratively and literally if you find yourself getting in the way of your team. Don't suppress any ideas, get them on a flip chart, anything goes in this stage. You really want your team to come up with ideas to help you get to that outcome, which is ultimately going to get you to your vision. Make sure you encourage the quieter members of your group to speak up during this. Just remember Sarah with the minibus and Eddie with the Heimlich. In this quick fire, energized, positive space, you'll be able to see the brilliance in your team and they will have renewed and continued faith in you as their team leader. Once you've got your ideas, weigh up the pros and cons. Yet that same exercise that you used to do when you weren't sure which person to date, you know, when you fancy two people, yeah, that list. Only this time, no one's going to make fun of it when they see it. The pros and cons list is again, quick, instinctive, and clear. 
you want to do some critical thinking. This is an opportunity for you to have a bit of a debate with your team. You know, you've suspended judgment on your ideation, but now you're weighing up the pros and cons. This is an opportunity to debate and listen and observe and not think your answer is the only answer. There is often an obvious winner that everyone can get consensus on. Now you've just got to build up the confidence to ask them to the prom. I mean, obviously execute your plan. The penultimate part of this is to execute the plan, is the how. When you've got objectives, I'm a big fan of the concept of OKRs, objectives and key results. But often I think that we skip the part in the middle around the brainstorming, the resources and the debate. But you've got your objective and now you've got to figure out how to do it. Make sure that everybody leaves that room with an action. Or if you're working by yourself, that you've got an action. It's not just an idea. You're actually coming up with something that's measurable that you can execute on. Make sure everyone leaves the meeting room with an action. Nobody should be leaving the room without having a clear idea of what they need to do to make this plan come together. And also, because you've given their evening back or possibly even saved their marriage, they'll be happy to do so. Your team will have felt heard and supported, but not lectured or bored. Remember, the ask, don't tell mantra, the law that's in the blueprint. Best player coaches that I've observed are just fantastic facilitators. They ask questions that make people think. And everyone, including you, will get the satisfaction of a job or a meeting at least well done. Thank you for joining me on the Player Coach Podcast. For more tools and techniques on how to thrive as a player coach, head over to playercoach.com, access the free training, and sign up for one of our free webinars. My name is Andrew Silito, founder of the Player Coach Blueprint, and we are delighted to have shared with you how to succeed from the sidelines. See you next time.